Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. Wits coming from his office today. Roz still at his in-home office. Um, busy week. Busy week. A lot of meetings today. You know, we've been talking a lot and we've been held on meetings, but you know what? We wanted to come here for you, the 200 last month downloading people, and give you a show. Which how are you doing today? I am doing great, E. Just fresh out of a meeting, but we've got a very important day on the show. Fantasy football running backs. It's going to get interesting. And I left off with a cliffhanger, our first ever cliffhanger. I mean, between the two shows we've had, all they're all linear. I mean, one show just turned into the opening line maybe 400, almost 500 shows. I've never left a cliffhanger, but I did with Christian McCaffrey last week. But before we get into that, the NBA Finals is happening, so you can bet on that. The Open Championship is happening, you can bet on that. Me and Wits fighting three times a week, you can bet on that. You know what? You, where you can go find that at? BetOnline.ag. July is underway, and it's a great month for the sports. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you can find it. From the NBA and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports books experts. And one free, we're doing one free sponsor today, Camino. Cannabis-infused gummies by Kaiva. Ethan's preferred gummy of choice. I'm going to take two of them right now, and we'll see how high I get during the show. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. So that's uh, – if I did that right. Yep. That's 10, 10 milligrams of wild berry cannabis-infused gummies. Also down, down, the, down the gullet. But wits, it is – it is, it is time for fantasy running backs. Uh, probably the most important position on the fantasy football gridiron. And that's because of the limited number, the injury risk, and now the ever-evolving double-headed backfields. Um, it's pretty easy. There's a tier one, which I'm looking at. And then there's everybody else. And within that, everybody else, you need to hit on one yeah, I, I, in my opinion, one of the best things I ever learned from you, Wit, was draft running backs, draft running backs, draft running backs, and do it early and often. Receivers, you can get a Stefan Diggs in the sixth round last year, right? So I'm sure there's going to be receivers of that quality 
that you'll be able to find. We'll talk about that next week. But running back, running backs, running backs. If you ask me, I had probably the best running back combination last year in the league. Um, so I uh, let's let's kick it off with. For me, I still think it's unanimous number one. I think in the weird way of karma, if you got fucked last year with Christian McCaffrey, or if you're anybody who didn't get to draft him last year, we're in, we're in a good zone. I think you're going to get a healthy Christian McCaffrey come this season and for the next couple seasons, in my opinion. I think Sam Darnold is no different than any other shitty quarterbacks they've had in Carolina. A lot of checkdowns are going to be needed. They're still going to play the ball through Christian McCaffrey. I think he's the consensus 1-1 because of how many touches. Like, he is a quarterback running back because the game plan is 40 touches. It's almost like 40 dropbacks for your quarterback. It's insane. He's still to me a 1-1. I'll let you dispute it if you if you must. No, I really – I can't dispute that, Roz. Um, yeah, it sucks if you had him last year, but I really don't think there's a guy in the league right now who gets as many opportunities as McCaffrey and – that's, you know, when you're going from the analytic side of things, you want a guy who touches the ball a lot, you know, receiving, rushing. I mean, that, that's Christian McCaffrey. That's why two years ago he was like a player and a half almost. So, you know, not much has changed with Carolina. I mean, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to get force-fed the ball. So I think you got to like him. I know he got hurt, but look at a lot of the top guys, Roz. They've all had an injury scare in the past, so. They, they have, and it's not usually injuries with them. If you you can usually tell consistency with it. Saquon Barkley is going to be the biggest question when we get to it. If there are players who will constantly get injured and they will fall out of that rank of top five running backs, you're going to go with. But you look at Dalvin Cook and the bounce back he's had from such a major injury. Right, this is where it gets tough. Wits. I mean, Yahoo has it. Average pick: Christian McCaffrey, one point two. Dalvin Cook, two point five. Derek Henry 3.3 and then it gets scattered with Kamara and Barkley at both averaging 5.1 to 5.5 meaning there's no consensus for I have a hard time believing there's a consensus two through five we gotta let people know it's the most important picks of the draft is your first round pick typically the top five first or first five picks are going running back it's it's everywhere honestly when you look at the analyst if you look at websites on average picks it's all over the place I'm curious how we start helping people with these next four picks after Christian McCaffrey I've got I'm a little bougie so I'm on ESPN plus I've got most executives in the league saying Derrick Henry will break 2,000 yards rushing this year and will be the number one running back but I'm seeing him go three and even five on some drafts I think Derrick Henry I think over the past four years has been the most consistent uprising. Not love, though. Not love. Not he's love. Ne- never been to 1-1, one, one, but he's been the best running back. It's yeah, pretty wild. Look at, yeah, the past four years, you look at carries, opportunities, yards, touchdowns. Has there been a guy steadier than Derrick Henry? I would argue that there hasn't been. So he keeps creeping up every year, and then we get to the point where it's like, Eh, maybe he's not super exciting, right? Doesn't have the flash of like a Saquon Barkley or a McCaffrey, yeah. but yeah, broke off a 99 yard touchdown run. He did, he did. So multiple I mean, 60 plus yard touchdown runs. It's a very I told. By the way, I get what you're saying. Lack of flash. I don't know why it's a lack of flash. It's just something about maybe Alabama stigma, big running back stigma. 
you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, question for you, Roz, does Julio Jones acquisition, does that cut into Henry's workload at all? No, uh, cause me and you had this conversation. We'll do it again with the wide receivers. I, I think Corey Davis found his niche and was very good. Right. I think top 25 wide receiver in my opinion. Um, and I think Julio is declining. I think Julio is still a top 25 wide receiver. I mean, Julio, there's arguments that he's still one of the three best wide receivers alongside Devontae Adams and um, DeAndre Hopkins. But I think that almost makes it easier, right? It spreads the field. Um, and teams are not going to be so run heavy when it comes to Tennessee anymore. They're going to have to respect the outside um, a lot more with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones there. So I don't think it impacts – him negatively and I don't think it might just be an even draw from the Corey Davis days um if not I would say maybe it does help him a little bit because teams do game plan to hold Derrick Henry in check um the only team that can't do it every year is the Green Bay Packers but well we'll have to get that figured out um but I don't know so Wits there's a lot there Dalvin Cook I'm seeing going to most often Dalvin Cook quite the stud he runs a lot of injury risk. He's a little bit more fragile. It is still his backfield. Mattinson getting better. Um, and then you've got Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, not much to talk about other than that he's been hurt. Is that New York Giants offense good enough to keep the running back available in the game? I know he's a good check down guy. I know he's not just only a running back. He can catch the ball as well. Kamara, similar to McCaffrey, is again a guy who they – game plan to get the ball a ton of touches is that why Derrick Henry might move down and honestly let's just start rattling off which if you had to go you had the second pick who's kind of the guy you're looking at there uh second pick for me I'm, I'm a big Kamara fan so I, I would lean towards Kamara I, th I think he is the most dynamic running back in the league um I I think I love all those guys but the one guy I would shy away from Roz it would be uh it'd be Dalvin Cook just because, you know, Dalvin Cook was a great pick last year. He was a great pick three years ago when he got taken, you know, early in the second round. But as the second pick overall for a guy who seems to have a big injury pop up every year, I just, I don't know. Held I, pretty strong last year, I will say. He did. I was nervous. He, he And he got dinged up. He definitely got dinged up. Missed a couple games here and there. I don't think you'll ever right. get a full 17 games from him. But you right. Just, and you just, just hope it's not. At the last end. couple, because I remember two years ago I had him and dealt with that. It was like weeks 14 or 16. But, I mean, talk about Kamara's been injured in the past. Barkley's been injured in the past. McCaffrey. So, I mean, you're not really limiting any risk. But for me, I think Dalvin Cook's career as a whole has been littered with a lot more injuries. So, at you know, at the two, I think I'd have, I have to stay away. I, I'd rather have the four or the five and have one of those guys fall to me um, if I didn't get McCaffrey. Good thing we're doing the Wits and Roz mock draft. First overall pick went to Christian McCaffrey, but Wits, I'm sticking you with the second pick in the draft. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm taking Alvin Kamara. Got it. And with the third, I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I do have a lot more faith in him um, than most. Uh, again, another full offseason without any serious injuries to overcome. I think that's even more beneficial uh, to them. And I think this – this Vikings team becomes more exciting. I mean, they still have Thielen and Justin Jefferson. It's just an absolute star. If Kirk Cousins can just screw his head on a little bit tighter, that team's a, com a competitive team. 
in my opinion, regardless of what their defense may or may not be. If they just put out an average defense, there's just going to be points galore. And I think there's going to be a lot of points this year in the NFL or in the NFC North. So I do like Kamara. Yeah, with, I, I, I agree with you, Roz. Or, um, Minnesota had a really, yeah, Minnesota had a really tough year last year, but if I were going to take one team to win the NFC North, you know, not knowing where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up, I, I think I would, I think I would go with the Vikings. I think they're going to have a good year, surprise some people. Um, so, you know, as we look at the top five, uh, I would say it's, because you got your pick now at four. <laughs> <laughs> at four, ooh, this is uh, this is really tough, but just erring on I, the side. Of- I I just think it's crazy that Derek. This is the pro- point proven that we have passed on Derek Henry now three picks in a row. It's crazy. It's, it's so weird that that is actually the thing. Any it's pretty- the shiny object syndrome. <laughs> Derek Henry is just he's great. He's just not shiny. But I, I would take him at the four. Uh, Saquon Saquon. Barkley might be the the best running back in fantasy this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all, but very hard. Too much concern there. And and it's so funny because we were going to talk about it. That fourth or fifth pick, if you end up with that this year in your draft or our draft or whatever draft you're in, you're just, you're kind of hoping that the decision isn't made for you and Saquon's the one sitting in your lap. I think everybody in that top five range wants to be able to pick who they want. And I don't think Saquon Barkley is the guy they want, but everybody has a draft. Everybody has a player in it. Everybody has a player in their league that won't even care to think about it. And we'll take Barkley making your decision easier where it gets harder is where me and you are headed right now wits. And that is the potential rest of the first rounders or are there people or is this where wide receivers start jumping in? I think people year in and year are start year in and year out are starting to jump a little high on wide receivers, maybe too soon, missing their opportunity. If we look at six through 10 here, we've got, um, at least in an average draft order, we've got Jonathan Taylor who's going at six, Ezekiel Elliott going at the eight, Nick Chubb's going at uh, also at eight and a half, which rounds out the first round, last three. And then you've got Aaron Jones at 12.3, Cam Akers at 16.1. So, it looks like it's going to – I think, in my opinion, it does get dicey this year once you're past the first five. Um, there's a lot of hope for Jonathan Taylor. I think we're going to have a good conversation about him. Ezekiel, it's a quite, quite an interesting conundrum, in my opinion. Yeah, Zeke, I would say probably the most interesting first-round running back because he went through that stage where – it was clear cut. It was like McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke. The rest of them were, I don't know. Zeke is tailed off a little bit. And but concerns are that, you know, not not in as good a shape, right? There's a ton of miles to feed on that offense. But to me, I'm not saying that I love him this year, but taking getting Zeke at the eight or nine when he could be the, you know, the second or third best running back, that that could win you a league this year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the rest of the consensus is on a guy like that. Because for me, I'm not sold on Jonathan Taylor. Not just him as a running back, but they got a couple miles to feed in that backfield. And I just, I hate taking a guy that high where I know that there's other options there. And that he's not a bona fide star like an Alvin Kamara. I know Latavius Murray was there. Um, I know, but honestly, Wits, you look at these last five I named, Jonathan Taylor, you're right, Marlon Mack comes back. There's Naeem Hines. Right. Elliott, who some may argue got outplayed by Tony Pollard. 
There's yeah. that to be concerned with. Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, we know how that backfield works. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who was the star of the postseason. And then Cam Akers in a NFC version of the Bill Belichick system where every running back gets a shot. Kind of scary if, you have to ba- if you're basing your first-round pick on one of these five guys. But it has to happen, essentially. Well, Elliot, Elliot's scary. becoming the most convincing, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's you brought up a great point with Tony Pollard. Um, he really looked solid when he was out there. I think he could be a starting running back for a lot of teams. But, Roz, besides those five, I mean, I think the next name on the list is a guy poised for a big comeback year. Aye. I took Aye. him Aye. in the second round last year. I just – I saw the upside with Melvin Gordon when he was in Los Angeles. And I think Austin Eckler – is a guy from a volume perspective that could very easily outplay fragile just fragile smaller there's a lot of going against him though too not to mention if they're looking for he's not a running back they use in the red zone which they're often in um he he makes me nervous but he's there too at 16.5 he's averaging second round um he's there with cam Akers basically um, I mean, I think we could both agree that almost every running back makes me nervous in some perspective. No, absolutely. I think, I think it's a little more surefire. I think we're playing a little bit of hanky-panky with the first five. But I think if you land on the first five, that's – if you take away injury, there's really no concern. But now you, get to this, now you get to this bottom five, and injury is not really the only concern here. In fact, injury almost helps you a little bit. You kind of hope that somebody gets hurt in the backfield and it's more their their turf um what do you what do you think about Nick Chubbs because I think so I'm going to make it clear for people who are picking in the back half of their first round I think Elliott's going to be a good pick I I shamed him last year and I'll shame him as a top pick this year but I do find that this is because if you go out wrong here you're going out with the entire ship if if we're wrong by picking Elliott in the first round that's it for the career that just showed the trajectory there's no money left to be spent on him. He's going to start doing the Le'Veon Bell, moving around, kind of just shop himself, and that's for, that's going to be the that's how the running back story goes. Um, I like Elliot Chubbs though. Numbers, no, ton of numbers. Almost like he's better when him and Kareem Hunter are together. It just makes me nervous that he has to split that often with somebody who's also that good. Yeah. Um... Nick Chubb is so interesting because I think Kareem Hunt is probably the best, you know, quote unquote, backup running back. If you want to call him that, I don't know if I would. It's just they kind of do different things. But Nick Chubb, when healthy, he gets plenty of opportunity. So he's not a guy that I worry about, especially with the way that the Browns play and especially in that division where you're going to have a very bad Cincinnati team again. Um, I think you're going to have a Pittsburgh team that is not going to be your, your it's not going to be your father's Steelers, right? The, the rip roaring defense. I think that they're going to be decent, but not great. And then Baltimore is, I mean, they've been solid, but I, I just see Nick Chubb as a guy who's going to get plenty of touches and Nick Chubb is great. Right. But it's tough splitting with a guy like Kareem Hunt, who a few years ago, right. He was on a trajectory to be a top five pick, you know, in Kansas city. Um, but I think Nick Chubb is, out of all the guys, I think he's like the most fairly valued. Like if you took him at eight, nine, or ten, I'd be like, eh, it's fine. Not excited about it. I'm not mad about it. 
that's just kind of where he's valued. So I don't, I don't think anything goes wrong there, right? Unless you get an injury, right? Which is always cause for concern. But Nick Chubb is, I think he's just the most, the most average position guy on the board for where he's ranked. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And end of the first round. End of the first round, maybe he sneaks and you double up, you double him up with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Aaron Jones will be interesting. Um, a lot is predicated on Aaron Rodgers being back. If he's not, then we're in some trouble. Um, and again, even with Jamal Williams in the fray, I think Aaron Jones is still the predominant carrier. And I know AJ Dillon is younger, not that much younger, honestly, but is a big body and he'll get his touches for sure. But I think Aaron Jones, you can be confident with whether it's in the second round or if he slips to the third round, I think he absolutely got to stash him. Cam Akers is the most fun seeing how the season came to an end. This guy is going to be electric. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of how often uh, Sean McVay trusts him with the ball and how often that team is not trailing. Um, now we get into the, in the later half. Running backs that I'm actually very intrigued with, and I think are I like where they're sitting. One's a little higher than I'd want. Maybe I would love to creep on him in the fourth round, but it doesn't look like he's making it there based on these average draft rankings. We've got Austin Eckler, who, who you mentioned, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, and Najee Harris. Now, you just mentioned Nick Chubbs. I'm all on board for this AFC North grouping. I think Joe Mixon, huge bounce back year. As a starting quarterback, Joe Burrow's back. I think this team is going to be not – they're not going to be good, but they're going to at least compete in games. Um, right. J.K. Dobbins, who single-handedly cost me an opportunity to go to the championship last year, I think Dobbins is the man there in Baltimore. I have a very good feeling about him. Um, he's going to be he's going to be involved in the pass game more. They're saying this year again. That's a report from Jeff Zarebic from the Athletics, um, and uh, I think in an offense where you have been unsure often, and with Lamar Jackson obviously being a guy who takes the ball, I actually think that helps. Right? I also I think that makes it confusing for the defense who's taking the ball out of the backfield. I, I'm I'm all in on this. Um, Gus Edwards obviously is going to be a vulture, but there isn't that much of a committee backfield anymore. Um, right. It it used to be a lot more in terms of a committee there. And then Najee Harris, my guy, step up to the plate. This is the answer to the call, in my opinion. Absolute answer to the call. I know there's Snell. I know there's some guys who've been on that roster, but you saw what they did with James Conner. They plugged him in, let him play, looked good, fell off. They did it with Le'Veon Bell. It was his backfield. He just was a piece of shit, and they had to ship him out. And now look where he is. Absolutely nowhere. Um, Najee Harris, you had to ask me. And, again, averaging a third-round only, third-round pick. I mean, for being a, for, for being a rookie, that's pretty high. Um, I, I don't know. He would be my sleeper. I'm a, I'm a fan of Najee Harris. I'm a fan of traditional – Pittsburgh Steelers running the ball. I, I'm, kind, I'm, a, I'm a fan here for sure. Yeah, Roz, I'm, uh, I'm actually on the other side here. I think there's one running back up there that's a little bit overvalued. I think it is Najee Harris, and here's why. Pittsburgh Steelers team, um, you know, when they were running great with Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, I thought they had a very solid offensive line. Ben Roethlisberger was I – mean, he's always a little banged up, but he was healthier than he is now, and – I just – I don't see Najee Harris exploding onto the scene like I think a lot of people think he's going to. Um, and not a lot of – not all that has to do with him. I think this offensive line is going to struggle this year. 
So, you know, the Steelers team, I think they're going to, I think they're going to look a lot like they did last year with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, throwing the ball 50 times a game and it not necessarily looking very good. So I'm, I'm kind of on the other side with Najee Harris there, but a guy, actually two guys that I'm looking at right below Harris in the rankings. Um, if you're ever going to buy low on a guy, I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, was, I think a pretty bona fide first round pick last year in a lot of drafts that disappointed, right? I was, I was one of those guys, and, but you're, it's almost like you have short-term memory loss. It's not so much a product of him not being the number one guy there. And yes, some injuries. And yes, they brought in Le'Veon Bell and they had some weird other guys take the ball. Andy Reid doesn't care to run the ball with. It's going to be the same. You, you can fall in that same trap you did last year. He doesn't, he doesn't no. run the ball. That team does not run the ball. I mean, you look at what Kareem had. He's throwing it. Without Andy Reid. Andy Reid wasn't the head coach. You sure? I'm positive. Okay. But whatever, whatever it's worth, I think Edwards Hilaire is better value this year than he was last year. Uh, I bought into the hype and at the seventh pick, uh, wasn't a ton of good options and I did not want to go receiver. But I, I think where he's valued this year, I think it's a nice opportunity to buy a little lower than the output that he's going to put out. And the next guy I wanted to talk about Miles Sanders. Oh, I love it. I read that off your eyes. I have it pulled up on my computer right now. Let's hear it. I'll let you lead off, but I'm swinging away. Uh, it looks like you got a strong opinion. Miles my, Sanders is the next guy for me to take the leap into the certified first-round running back picks. I think it's going to happen this year. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter. I think this offense is going to be very dynamic. And not a lot of people seem to think so. I mean, a lot of people aren't give, giving Jalen Hurts the starting job, which from what I saw last year, I think he absolutely deserves it. Miles Sanders, to me, is going to finish inside of the top six in fantasy running back. So I think where he's ranked right now, probably getting him in the third round, end of the second, he's a guy I'm going to be looking to target this year. Averaging third round grade right now. I hate that I'm doing this. I hate that I'm helping you out. I am starting to see why you're, you were one in 12 last year in fantasy football. <laughs> Miles Sanders. Hasn't been what we hoped for. He's delivered running back two numbers or better in only 14 of 28 games he's played. It's 50%. He hasn't been used as a workhorse. He hasn't had more than 15 touches, or he did total more than 15 touches only 11 times in those 28 games. The departure of Doug Peterson allows him to shine potentially, but uh, be careful because the depth chart is a little more full now. Yeah, Miles Sanders, Terryon Johnson, and Kenneth Gainwell. So Ooh. this could be – it doesn't matter. He's a rookie, Kenneth Gainwell. We'll see some touches. It could be like a Colts backfield, three options, three-headed monster. Could be a lot to work with here. Um, in my opinion, he's a timeshare RB2, a guy that you wouldn't mind drafting in the sixth round or seventh round but he's nowhere near worth the value. Not to mention their new running back coach, Jamal Singleton, is yet to commit to a running back and has downplayed the idea of an every-down guy, saying it depends on the room. There's a lot of skills in here. You need specific skills for certain situations. So, boom. He's looking. This is going to be a timeshare. This is going to be a witsy 12 points a week running back. <laughs> save, save him save him for the sixth round, seventh round, where he won't go. And just know if you see anybody take him before the third round, they're in for a world of hurt. 
yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens here, Roz. But as we uh, as we climb further down the list, um, there's a couple of guys. I mean, I think this is where really where where fantasy leagues are won and lost. These fringe RB two, RB three running backs that blossom into RB ones, or they fade off into obscurity, never to be heard from again. Um, guys like Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Gaskin. I mean, this is really, and, you know, tell me if you disagree, but I think this is where fantasy leagues are won. The people who can identify the one or two guys in this tier that are going to explode. I think that's really where you see the most success fantasy-wise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm seeing David Montgomery, like you said, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift in Detroit. Um, Is there enough there? They've been a lot of committee in years past. Um, We'll have to see. And then, you, like you said, um, I even look at a guy like Mike Davis in Atlanta. Looks like he's going to be the lead there. And Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas, who I, who I am having some intrigue. I would like to flirt with him a little bit. It's like if I'm at a bar, I'd like to walk over and flirt a little bit. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, it seems to be he's like, he's like the anti-Derrick Henry, right? He started off, I think, as like end of the first round. It seems like he drops around every year yeah and at a certain point it's like this this guy in the fifth or sixth round like I think he's a certified starter and who knows what you're going to get with the Raiders but Josh Jacobs has proven before that he can absolutely carry the load now whether he's washed up already I don't know he might he might be maybe there's a reason he's ranked that low but Josh Jacobs is is a very intriguing guy that I mean if you could get him as I think if you get him as your second I think that's solid. You might be able to, even to get him as your third, which would be a very ferocious team, barring any injuries. Yeah, we'll see. I know Kenyon Drake's going up there. He's a ball hog in his own right, and not a talented one. Um, talk about fantasy fails right there. He was a second-round pick in our draft last year, and he wasn't even worth probably the 15th-round pick. Um, we go deeper and deeper. I'm seeing a guy – Stay woke on Melvin Gordon, seeing him as running back 29. I think this is a guy determined. He sounds it. I know there's Philip Lindsay there. Um, a lot has changed. There's more weapons on the outside. This team might be able to compete for a little bit. I think Melvin Gordon's a great third running back option if you are able to get him. Um, obviously, people might jump up at him if they haven't paid attention to fantasy football in a long while. Um, but I think Melvin Gordon's a very interesting late round pick. Uh, if you are able to snag him, I'm seeing him going in an average of the eighth round. That is a sexy eighth round pick. I think that's one you got to watch out for. Uh, Roz, correction. Philip Lindsay is now on the Houston Texans. Even that's even better. Should get sexier for you folks. Sure. Wow. The Houston Texans have every running back. You don't want to draft anymore. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Melvin Gordon. Um, I think he's near the tail end. I would stay away from him. But I, I think my last key of the draft is who's going to take the reins in the Jaguar backfield. Um, I was kind of surprised that they took Travis Etienne in the first round when James Robinson, I think, was a savior across a lot of leagues last year. So whoever can make the decision of who's going to have the bigger year in that backfield that's also a decision, a league-winning decision, if you pick the right one. 
I think that's one of the most intriguing questions left. Yeah, we'll see both good running backs. San Francisco has too many running backs in the backfield. Um, it gets a little dicey. I mean, I see Devil, Devin Singletary there in the 13th round. I don't know what they did to address their backfield in Buffalo, but um, I, I have no idea who's on that roster other than him. I just can't believe Zach Moss, I guess, played well toward, down the stretch, but we shall see, I guess. And let's do it before we wrap up. Running backs, sleepers, and busts, just you rip one and two. Um, I'll do the exact same. I told you, I think Melvin Gordon and Najee Harris, or more so J.K. Dobbins is going to be my guy. I think they're going to be two sleepers. So Melvin Gordon looks like the sexier sleeper pick. And then my busts are going to be Saquon Barkley again. And I think, unfortunately, Austin Eckler is going to be on that big bust list. I think they're going to be looking for a new running back in, San, er, okay. in Los Angeles. Um, I'll, I'll go with one of each. I think sleeper for me, I'm, I'm looking to target David Montgomery um, out of the Bears backfield. And bust for me, injury prone, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to have a rough year this year. We shall see Wits. Two big events, the NBA Finals, which you're trying to get home to watch. Um, who do you got in tonight's game? Are you just watching as a spectator? Are you no longer on this Bucks train? I know you still got Chris Middleton to win Finals MVP, but Giannis scoring 41 points last week not, or two nights ago doesn't help you very much. Uh, no, his odds are actually worse now than they were when I took him. Um, I like the Suns tonight. As much as I hate to say it, uh, I'm going to do the Suns plus five as my pick for the finals tonight. I'm also going to ride Suns plus five. I think they get it to 3-1, and then they have the opportunity to win it on their home court. I think Giannis can play spoiler at any point, but it shows you need a Herculean effort from Giannis just to get the W. Xander, open picks. I'll rattle mine off. We're just doing pool version. It's who I basically have left. I went with a lot of over-the-ponders for the Open this weekend. I went Rory, Lee Westwood, Patrick Pantley, Terrell Hatton, and Fat Fatsy Ratchy, Patrick Reed. <laughs> I, like, uh, I really like Westwood. Um, I made a small play on Bryson DeChambeau on FanDuel at 34-1. to 1. I, I don't really like him, but the price was just too high for me. And then another long shot will give out uh, Ian Poulter. Played great in the Scottish last week. Finished tied for second. Um, I really like Colts this week. And, yeah, I would say those three are, are three guys I'm targeting for the Open Championship. Wow. Well, everybody's heard it here. Everybody? 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 That is who we got for the Open Championship and the NBA Finals. We got to get wits home so we could sit down and enjoy this game. I'm definitely starting to get high, so I got to get off this, this mic. Because who knows what I'm going to say then. This has been the opening line with your host, Wits and Raz. Stay classy, everybody.
hit you with that replay yeah. Yeah. You don't wanna stick around, believe me To believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.